0: Hello, dreamers, thinkers, and doers. Welcome to Ideate with Florian. This is the podcast that dives into the minds of innovators and risk takers who've dared to make their dreams a reality. I'm your host, Florian Horner, and through my 25 year journey in the software industry, I've had the privilege of contributing to small and medium-sized companies in various roles, including software engineering, sales, and management. As a lifelong learner, I cherish the opportunities to connect with professionals from diverse fields and grow together. I'm excited to explore the journeys of our guests with you, so let's dive in. In this episode, we dive into the world of remote work with Lizette Sutherland. We discuss the challenges and advantages of working remotely, covering topics such as transitioning, into remote work, building cohesive teams and fostering remote collaboration. Our conversation also delves into leadership and management styles and how they have evolved to adapt to this new way of working. This episode is packed with insights for digital nomads, remote team members and solopreneurs alike. So, if you're looking to enhance your skills or your team's abilities and want to learn more about remote work, don't miss this insightful podcast episode.
1: Hello, Lisette. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me.
0: My first question is always to people like, where are you now, physically located in this world?
1: I am located one floor above you in the Hague, in the <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> in fact, today I'm
0: not. I'm not interviewing you because you're my wife. Although I find it fascinating, I'm, I'm interviewing you because you are the director of Collaboration Superpowers. And uh, for those who don't know Collaboration Superpowers, can you explain, like, in a few sentences? What is this that, that you do?
1: So our mission is to provide individuals, teams, and managers with a roadmap for how to work better together remotely. So we teach people how to work together anywhere. That's how, that's how we do it. And we do it through workshops. We do it through podcasts and a number of events and resources that we have, but in, in mainly workshops.
0: And how did that come about? When did you find that this was your mission? How does it work for you?
1: Well, the mission was never necessarily to give workshops. That is just what the, what the product that emerged that was sellable. The mission originally was to get people working together to solve the problem of aging. So the goal was to not die. And so I was working for a guy who wanted to uh, get rid of aging and make it so that people didn't die. And I started getting inspired thinking, well, what else could we do if we could get the right people working together that weren't in the same location? And the way that was coming about was the guy who didn't want to die was trying to get longevity scientists working together in an online project management tool that he was building. So that's how I was working for him, helping build this online project management tool. I saw how, why he was doing it, and it, started, it just got me thinking. So I started interviewing other people who were also working online, trying to solve a variety of different problems. And it got me start, started thinking about what are the great things that remote teams do and why we need remote teams. So that's how it started, and it turned into a number of different products.
0: Your goal is to, your motto is work together anywhere, right? Correct. And you're facilitating people to help them learn how to work remotely together or also hybrid, also in person? How does that work?
1: Uh, It's less in person, although I would say the same principles apply. And it is definitely hybrid because if you want to work successfully in a hybrid way, you have to set up your business with remote first principles. So that that the office just becomes one of many places that people to get the people go to get their work done. So if you want to set up a, a true thriving hybrid workforce, you have to make it so that people can get their work done from anywhere. So the same principles apply. It's just a little bit more coordination, or I would say it's a lot more coordination with hybrid.
0: Right. And I remember one of your slogans was um, stories about remote teams doing great things. Yeah. So one of the great things that you could do is the longevity science. This, you know, this if, if you got remote teams of longevity scientists who work together on the problem of eliminating aging or or dying altogether, and that's just one example of a remote team doing great things. So, where does that slogan come from?
1: Man, I think I was trying to in the very beginning I was trying to narrow down my focus on what group of remote was I going to work on? Because early on, I learned from the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast that you really want to be in your niche. And so I was trying to figure out what exactly is my niche. And so I talk about remote work, but actually remote work has a lot more niches to it than people maybe realize. Like there's the digital nomad niche, right? There's the uh, people working in uh, global companies niche. There's the solopreneur niche. So we're like, which niche was I in? And so I had to decide, I wanted to talk about remote teams, who were doing great things together. So I wasn't talking about the solopreneurs. I wasn't talking about the digital nomads. I was talking about teams working together from anywhere and the doing great things. So I was thinking, well, it doesn't matter to me what they're doing, like whether it be aging or developing a new Hyperloop transportation system or just putting together some good software that somebody had an idea for, right? Those are all great things. Or maybe you're just working remotely and it's just a job and the great thing is you're taking care of your family everybody's great thing is different that's why it's so broad but it came down to like what what is it that people want to do and a lot of things can only be done if you get the right people together and those right people are very rarely in the same
0: place wow it's also it's just, it just seems like you're at the search of what exactly is how can you narrow down your your target audience almost like um you talked about uh, it's not the solo entrepreneur it's not the guy on the beach with a laptop it's really the remote themes weren't you afraid then that you were going too narrow because eventually you want to build a business around it right
1: yeah indeed i was a friend and that was definitely on my mind but i didn't relate to the digital nomads because i'm not i mean i've Done digital nomadism, but I didn't relate to it because I didn't I didn't like it. I don't like the travel, the endless traveling. I like to have a home base and come back to it. So I I couldn't speak to that audience because I didn't like that lifestyle. So that narrowed it, that made it easy. Solopreneurs, I thought, okay, but what am I going to teach people about solopreneuring? Like I was just learning myself. But remote teams, that's something I could relate to. Like I've worked on teams, I've done a lot of remote. So I could really target that, and to be honest, those were probably the first customers. Also, agile software teams—they were the first to adopt this remote style of working.
0: Right. And what is your personal preference when it comes to working? What is your like ideally? Like, okay, this is this is how I work.
1: Oh, for me, I'm a solopreneur through and through, or a or a solo worker. Like, I like to collab. I like to. I mean, I love being around people for short periods of time i'll say it that way but so what i like to do is i like to get together ideate uh brainstorm together and then i like to go off and do work on my own and then get back together and check in with people and then go off and do work on my own so uh but but i need space and time to think i can't just produce on the spot so that's my ideal
0: but you can you could do that in an office right
1: I could do it in an office, but my surroundings are surprisingly important to me. So I could do it in an office, but my home office is tuned to exactly what I like. You know, I've got my flowers and my beautiful walls and my, my photos and all my books and my sticky notes, right? I've got, and it's warm. It's the exact temperature that I like it. I've got all my favorite monitors and lighting. So yeah, I could. It's just a preference. I mean, there's nothing saying that I couldn't go into the office. I totally could. I just prefer not to. So if I can design my... right, So my idea was if I can design my life in a way in which I don't have to do that, but I can still make money, my goal is not to be the richest person in the world. My goal is to live like this. So I just need to make enough to live like this and save for the future.
0: And seems that in your search of how do I work best... You found your your way, which is work from home in the comfort of your own environment. And um, would you stimulate others to work like you as well?
1: I think everybody has their own personal productivity. So what works for me is not going to work for others. We see that in our relationship Especially like you really dislike working from home. You really prefer being around other people in another place. And so I think that the future of work is choice. I think that people should be able to choose how they want to work. For those of us that really do better on our own or think better like this, then we can do this. And for those that really want to be in person, I think that's great. I think some teams culturally should be in person, just not everybody.
0: So the future of work is choice. That's a quite profound statement. I think. Yeah. So we get we got a few of these slogans, like the future of workers' choice and remote things doing great things, remote teams doing great things, I have to say it correctly. How do you support that?
1: In my business?
0: Yeah, well, concretely, what do you do for the world?
1: We give individuals and managers, so teams and managers, really, we give them a roadmap and inspiration For how to work better remotely. A lot of people are used to working in person. That's how we've done it for a long period of time. when you transition from the physical into the virtual world, our way of working, it's a new medium of work, right? You need new instruments, new tools, sort of a new way of thinking. And for instance, by nature, things become more of a documentation culture. When you go remote, because we can't see each other. So you have to make things explicit in another way. And right now, documentation is how people are doing that. But once you become a documentation culture, you then becomes an information management problem, right? Then we have to figure out how do we store information? So these are the kind of things that most people don't think through. When we talk about going remote, we, talk, we think a lot about our home office and working in our pajamas, but actually the entire workflow of an organization changes. So we don't actually take people through the change, that change, you know, that's what coaches are for, because you need to do that in small increments over time, I feel. What we do is we inspire people to recognize the change and to understand how they're working now needs to change in order to match the new medium of work. They need to come up with it for themselves. So we give them the principles behind it that they may not have thought about. And then they take those principles and apply it to their own ways of working.
0: So right you're not helping people uh, go to IKEA and pick up their favorite desk. You know, that's all infrastructure. People can figure it out for themselves. But it's more like, how do you work to get it productively if you can't see it? So how do you... Establish a level of trust in people and how do you manage those people?
1: Yeah, the leadership is for sure probably the biggest um, challenge in the hybrid work field right now. The employees have figured it out. Everybody understands what their personal productivity is at this point or they're in the process of figuring it out because it's, it is an ongoing process. It's leaders who are recognizing that they could have people back at the office but the people don't necessarily all want to come back full time. So then it's how do we know what people are doing and how do we move from a time-oriented way of working to a results-oriented way of working? That's a real shift in how we work together and how we measure output and performance in people. So that's something that leaders really need to think through. So yeah, all of that gets addressed in the workshop and we may not solve it for people, but we at least point people in the right direction. This season of the What's the Big Idea podcast is sponsored by Collaboration Superpowers. We help individuals, teams, and leaders work together from anywhere successfully. And just for listeners of this podcast, we have a special remote working success kit ready for you. With everything from personal user manual templates to team agreement guides, virtual meeting planners, and team building tips, you can download your remote working success kit from collaboration slash superkit. And now, on to some big ideas.
0: You say that, that we have to move from a, a time oriented to a results oriented. I can imagine that uh, usually someone works eight hours a day. And um, they clock in at nine and clock out at five. And uh, now you're saying we need to go to a results-oriented approach. What, what, what would that look like? Let's say someone, someone's in, in customer support. You used to expect them to come in at nine, go out at five. So what, what does it look like for someone who works in customer support to be results-oriented?
1: Well, in uh, in certain jobs like customer support, you could say that that one is actually a time oriented. For instance, you know you need to man the emails, or may, uh, you know you need to be watching over the emails between the hours of nine to five. So you need to you need to make sure that the emails have been answered between the hours of nine to five. So that that could be something. However, if it were not a time oriented customer service, you might want to say, okay, well then we need to have. A 95% customer satisfaction rate over the course of X. Or the questions need to be answered within a certain amount of time.
0: So as a manager, you need to state much more the outcomes of what you want to
1: achieve. 100%. How people get there. And that's a real shift in leadership. And so the shift is, instead of being this top-down approach, what I believe is that managers need to define what success looks like clearly What is the definition of done? Where are we going? And then move out of the way and let our people take us there and then focus on the roadblocks along the way. And then, of course, there's the accountability piece. Are we getting to where we need to go? We need to check in along the way. There's a whole management philosophy that I've been learning about called tight, loose, tight. So you know you, you give the instructions in the beginning in a tight way so you know exactly what success looks like. Then you're loose. You let people have the autonomy that they need in order to go there. And then you're tight again in terms of coming back with the accountability piece and following up with did the work get done? Is it high quality? That kind of a thing. So it's a loose framework, but it can be applied in every situation. And that's what I like about it. And with remote, it's really important that managers recognize that you can't micromanage in this
0: medium you seem quite passionate about the topic can you can you describe a little bit where does that passion come from there's almost sort of a there's sort of a frustration and the need i almost feel
1: yeah i have tried to so the first thing that comes to mind is uh, i want to bust people out of day prison
0: a day prison what's a day prison
1: it's a cubicle like the cubicle jobs where people are forced to come into a building between a certain amount of time like I used to have to be at work between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. You know, I love the job, but it was, it was it's absurd to force people into that time box because the job often didn't require it. Sometimes we had to be out like it was an environmental cleanup job. So we had to be up at like five in the morning and out in the field you know, by 7 a.m. So we had to drive two hours just to get to a site that we were going to. And then at that, you know, so then all of a sudden, then it's not nine to five anywhere. Then you're already working in this alternative sort of way. So from the very get go, I wanted the freedom to not be time boxed into these, this rigid set of hours when it didn't work for me. So that's, I think that's where the passion comes from is just recognizing that it's an absurd way of working that doesn't fit the modern times.
0: Right. So when you talk about the modern time, we have to we have to disclose a little bit about our, our age, right? So we're in the 40s. Late 40s, late 40s. Late 40s, late 40s. Not 50 yet. Uh, late 40s. There are a lot of, of youngsters like 23, 24 going into the workforce now. How do you feel that they, that they think about it?
1: I think that uh, this way of working is different at different points in one's career. I think early on, we need a lot more social contact and a lot more social interaction. So if there are younger people who really like working remotely, then they also need to take responsibility for getting the social interaction that they need, whether it be through work or through their own personal lives. And I think that's just, a. it is really hard when you're in your 20s to know what you need and go out there and get it yourself. So that structure that we have set up where people go to college and then you go to, to get a job or you go to the office, it's almost kind of a good structure to sort of get people into society and, you know, working productively. And then once you know yourself and you know how you work and you know how you collaborate, then, you know, going more remote is no problem at all. But I can not imagine that it's difficult for that reason alone. Just that we don't know ourselves at that age as well as we do when we're in our late forties,
0: right? But you also mentioned that when you were doing the environmental jobs, that was that was your mid late twenties, that you really craved the freedom to design your own day as you wanted. And I still see that with uh, with the current young people and you know in the twenties and the thirties. But you also mentioned that there's a component of of social interaction that is necessary and structure and accountability. So as a as a manager who is now in his mid late 40s early 50s who was managing that new generation of workforce what are the two or three advices that you would give him
1: if i were leading a team now uh, so i say say i'm in my late 40s which i am and i'm leading a team and there's people that are younger what I would really do is try to understand who's on my team and what they need in order to feel connected to that team. So it just takes a lot of research and you can do it. And it's not like you have one session and you understand. This is a way of managing, of just understanding your people. So the the way that we do that is by getting to know them. You can do that through virtual icebreakers or just one-on-one calls, understanding why they come to work, their intrinsic motivations. Like There's all kinds of exercises that we can do to understand our team and asking them what they need in order to feel connected. So what I as a manager would do is give people the freedom that they need and then also build an environment that's conducive to my specific team. And it takes a lot more time and effort Because as managers, you also have other stuff to do. But part of it is also knowing your team. So I guess if I were managing now, I'd invest a lot more in understanding my team and what they need.
0: Is that a different skill than from working with people in the office, like co-located? I don't think it's a
1: different skill, but the way we build relationships virtually is different than in person. In person, we just spend time together. You know, you're already there. You're already in the office. You're... You know, it's, it's sort of, a, I hate to say, but it's kind of analogous to an arranged marriage in a way. Like you're together, you're sort of in this forced situation. And when you're remote, you're not in that forced situation. There's a lot more choice involved when you're remote. And so you have to really consciously make the choice. So I think that's the difference. But no, the, the principles are still the same. You're right.
0: It's just that in a remote situation where you don't see each other and the only interaction you have is activity-based. Like we have a meeting about X now. Uh, you don't see the the camaraderie that you would normally have in the office. You have to create that more uh, remote, of, of course.
1: Yeah, you have no micro interactions online.
0: What do you want to achieve? Like in three, four years time, you have achieved what you wanted to achieve with collaborate superpowers and you can close shop. What, what would that one thing be? What would you wish on the world that you could uh, help the world with?
1: I would like that remote teams really are doing great things, that people are working together to cure cancer and to stop the wars and to clean up the environmental problems. That's ultimately what I would really like. I would like for us to be able to solve big problems together.
0: What do you need to achieve that? How can my listeners, all 3,000 of them, how, how can they <laughs> help you in your mission accomplish that? Do you, I mean, everyone everyone needs more... Uh, you want to sell workshops, right? That, that's, that's basically a business model. So you're open for workshop participants. How What does it look like? Do you what, what are all those ways of people can help you?
1: Uh, if people really want to sort of get involved in this causes, one is indeed upskill yourself on in the remote medium and just come and take one of the workshops. It doesn't have to be with me. It can be one of the many facilitators um, that also give workshops. So just check out a workshop. We also have e-courses now, by the way. The other way is if you're a trainer or a coach or a leader or a manager, then consider becoming a facilitator and teaching the materials to your customers and clients yourself. I think that the, either either one of those avenues is a good way to do it. But just to educate, just to educate oneself that remote is not the same as in-person. It's a new medium of work. It requires a new skill set and just recognizing that it does. It's not uh, umbrella drinks and pajama bottoms like everybody likes to think it is. It is actually a new way of working. So just a matter of training. It's interesting because I think about the interview that I did with the astronaut about remote collaboration and he and I asked him about their communication and he said, they train the surprise out of you. So they train with the two second delay and they train. He says that all of that, like once you get used to it, it becomes second nature. So I believe the same is true for remote. Once we get used to it, it's just going to be second nature. We're not going to be talking about in the future, I guess, ultimately, we're not going to talk about, is it a remote job or not? It's going to just be a
0: job. Right. And we have to educate ourselves as people to work in that new uh, reality, right? Right. Yeah. You you mentioned the, the you said the word facilitators. What what do you mean with facilitators? Can you explain that? Uh
1: well if you give workshops and trainings or coach people, then you're facilitating workshops usually for a living in one way or another. And so if you need to add an additional workshop to your portfolio that talks about remote and hybrid working, then you can join us as a facilitator. We have a licensing program and then you have access to all of our materials and you can use those to teach.
0: Right, so if I'm a teacher, I'm a coach and I'm looking for new coaching and training material, I can go to you, Lisette, and I can say, hey, the training that you developed, I want to be able to... Deliver that training myself too, and of course there would be some sort of financial compensation for you for your because you create the training material. Is that the short version of that story. That's
1: the short version of it, right? There's a license fee, and uh, then you get access to the material. And we even have university professors who are licensing the material and teaching it in their in their
0: classes. So. And if I would be now the manager for a company, and I've got about 20 people in my company. And I listen to your story and think indeed this we, we need to do something with remote working. Uh, we're going either hybrid or we're already hybrid forced by reasons and we're not yelling for some reason and I wanna I wanna do something about it. So how how would it go about that? But I just send all my twenty people to you, and then you figure it out, or how? How do you propose that?
1: Yeah, just contact me, and uh, and and I would all re- recommend a hybrid team collaboration wor- or a work together anywhere workshop for the team, and I'll set you up with a facilitator.
0: That would be a workshop that is specific for me and my company.
1: That's correct. So it's not only a workshop where you're learning together with people in your company it's also a team building experience on top of that because the workshop oh, is, is right. partially learning and partially experiential. So the reason why I developed the workshop online is because I want people to feel what it's like to be on a high-performing remote team. So by the end of the four sessions together, that we feel like a remote team together by the end. And I've set the workshop up on purpose to take people through the process of gelling as a team. So there's a lot more to the workshop than just the content. It's also the experience of it that really helps a team, I, I believe,
0: Right. And then later you can say, hey, we went to this workshop and that's where we learned that and that that." and then people feel more free to experiment with, uh, with things they learned in, in your workshop when they get back to their own uh, desk, I guess.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Everybody walks away with a super action plan of ideas that they can try immediately.
0: Then I get to my final question, that is that you have a podcast yourself. What is it called?
1: Yeah, the Collaboration Superpowers podcast, stories of remote teams doing great things.
0: Here we go. Stories of remote teams doing great things. Who is the one single guest or um, description of a guest that you would love to interview on your podcast, but so far it hasn't happened yet for reasons? How can the person who's listening now, how can he reach out? Who is it?
1: It's Matt Mullenweg from Automatic.
0: Matt Mullenweg, if you're listening from Automatic versus what is <laughs> what is Automatic?
1: Automatic, they're uh, they're the company that runs WordPress. And uh, they also developed a meditation app called Calm. But Matt Mullenweg seems like, from everything that I know and have heard about him, seems like a really good egg and has always been one of the pioneers in remote working. He set up WordPress to be not 100% remote in the beginning. They had a San Francisco office, but they are 100% remote now and uh, has just been a real pioneer in terms of the philosophy behind it. So yeah, I'd love to have him on the podcast. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not a big enough fish. <laughs> he has better things to do. <laughs> but I, I think he's a wonderful person, and people should uh, really check out his stuff.
0: Okay, Matt, or so if someone can reach out who knows Matt. I'd love to ask him a few questions for her podcast. And I guess that will also make him famous. So it's a win-win. Uh, the same as it was a win-win for me to have you on my podcast, Lisette. You are fantastic. I hope that uh, the people listening enjoyed your, your podcast or your, this, this podcast episode and this interview. And if they ever want to reach out, the show notes will give you the contact details for Lisette. So definitely check that out. And thank you very much.
1: Thanks. I'll see you online and in a few minutes. I guess so. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. And there you have it. Another inspiring episode of the Ideate with Florian podcast. As always, I encourage you to visit our website at ideatewithflorian.com. That is ideatewithflorian.com. Here you will find links related to this episode as well as other episodes. My name is Florian Horner, and I hope this story inspires you to take your own leap of faith. Thank you for joining us, and until next time...